I'm Randy Rohde, and I'm fascinated with entrepreneurs and small business owners. Plus, I love baseball. Every show, I sit down with a small business owner, and we discuss their running the basis of entrepreneurship. We throw the ball around on strategy, management, execution, and innovation. Plus, a little fun baseball talk. Hey, thanks for joining us today. Settle in, grab your Cracker Jacks, and you know what they say. Play ball! And it's a great day for a ball game. And today, I'm really excited because... I think I've been trying to get this guest on the show maybe about a year or something like that. I think it was about a year ago uh, we connected, and um, I think that's when I first extended the invite even. So she's a hard one to get uh, nailed down. I don't know what what to say there. But um, today's guest, I am pretty excited, though, Uh, and this is a great uh, intro, Um, and I will say this as well. My researcher usually writes all of the intros for our show, but you're the first guest who actually submitted her own intro. And so uh, my research is like, well, that was awesome. <laughs> so it made, it made her uh, uh, job that much easier as well. Hey, Yolanda, I think you're actually muted or something. I can't hear you. No, I'm, I'm here. Oh, there you are. Oh, you're just I'm laughing here. quietly. Oh, that was good. <laughs> uh, all right. So let me get into this. So our guest today is the market development manager for BNI Northeast Ohio. And BNI, great group, been a member for years, have had several guests who have been members of uh, BNI, uh, which stands for Business Network International. She's also the Director of Marketing and Downtown Expansion for WIN Cleveland, which is another phenomenal group, Women in Networking, and uh, we'll ask our, our guest about that group as well. Yolanda so there's a hint of our guest, is also the Corporate Gift Basket Consultant and Wine Education Coordinator for Chuck's Fine Wines right here in Sugar and Falls. I think that's probably where we first connected. You were schooling me in some wine or something, which was nice. Uh, Her passions are good friends, good food, good drink, cooking, reading, and making connections for people an information junkie. When she's not curating content for her various businesses, uh, social media accounts, she can be found listening to podcasts and recording her own Five Easy Things, the podcast. The mom of four beautiful, talented adult children. She resides in Aurora, Ohio with her soulmate, Kurt. So glad to have you on the show finally, Yolanda Albergati. And welcome. Thank you so much. It's so great to finally be here. We finally made it happen. Oh, man, no kidding, right? I, I'm not kidding you. I think it's been a year. I was doing, I did something At for least. you with the Wind Group. And then I'm like, yes. hey, you know, I'd love to get you on my podcast. And I don't know, it just finally, whew, uh, yes. it came together. Yes. So I am going to start on this though. So on your LinkedIn page, you Uh-oh. describe yourself. And we're going to hit on this stuff. Do you even know? You're probably, Uh-oh. I don't know. I wrote that like, you know, five years ago. Uh, but you describe yourself as the following. Using my knowledge, experience as a homeschooling mom, master networker, fitness instructor, 
wine educator to help business professionals build connections to create the life and business of their dreams. You talk about leadership, network, podcasting, professional women, and personal development. So I, yeah. have, to, I have to start with what must be the hardest of all of those professions, homeschooling mom of four kids. Yes. I cannot even imagine. I read that. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yes. And I love that you said the hardest profession of all, because I'm on a mission to recoin the phrase at home mom to be professional mom. Yes. It is a very, it is, um, the pay is really paltry, like hugs and kisses, which are eternal <laughs> and priceless, right? But they don't put food on the table. <laughs> you might get a thank you once in a while. Yeah, once in a while. But I would say the most challenging, frightening, exhilarating, rewarding time of my life was when I was homeschooling. My poor kids. I yes. tell you, I am so impressed with that. I, I, I don't know. I, there's a part of me that thinks, so I always thought I was going to go into education. I, and, um, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, I think I would really love doing that. And then, <laughs> excuse me. And then there's the other part of me that says, oh my gosh, I'd be absolutely terrified because all, everything that my kid's going to know is because I've uh, introduced them or taught them or like, Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm giving myself away in terms of my chronological revolutions around the planet, but we are talking 27 years ago is when I started homeschooling. Yes. Wow. There was not a lot going on. There yeah. was not, there were not a lot of resources but I'm very much a go-getter. And so I think I would probably, my last year at college, I decided, unfortunately or fortunately, having been surrounded by education majors, that I could do a better job <laughs> homeschooling my kids. So fast forward, when it came time to actually have children, I pretty much knew that was what I was going to do. So I am that geek who just looks it up and figures it out. So I actually wrote the curriculum that I used for all of my kids. And each one was personalized for their learning style sure. and their interests. So we had such a good time. <laughs> it was so much fun. I have to tell you, I'm so impressed. And especially, I'm glad you kind of framed it in a, in a historically you know timeline. Because when you were doing it, uh, the internet was, was there, but nowhere, right? nothing as a resource of what it is today. Right. And so, oh, yeah. which yeah. made it even the more challenging and difficult. And people thought I was crazy because most people were not homeschooling. Unlike the whole COVID situation where people got thrown into doing school at home. Right. I actually chose to teach my kids at home and most people were not doing that. So I know you're a little out of that. So like I have school age kids. My kids are mm -hmm. in, in high school and you know, they did that period of virtual learning. Um, yeah. so kind of looking at your experience, um, and then as well, kind of flash forward to today and kids having yes. to do virtual schooling. What did you think about that? I mean, kind of looking at it from, um, your perspective. 
So I, I thought it was an unfortunate thing because most parents were not prepared for that. So in my case, I chose to do that. So I had the time that I needed to learn about learning styles, learn about how to write a curriculum, learn about how to put all that together. I had a whole mission statement. You know, I was prepared. So I can't even imagine what that must be like to all of a sudden now, without any warning, boom, you're doing school at home. And it's virtual, right? So keep in mind, I'm school with my kids with my own curriculum around our dining room table, doing what they love to do. Totally different experience. And I commend all of the parents who, you know, you had to do what you had to do, but plenty of people really did a great job with what they had. Yeah. I, I think, yeah. What, what a, what a challenge I think for parents. And I think you framed it perfectly because I think so many parents were not equipped really and nothing against the mm-hmm. parents, but all of us, I would be the same way. I'm like, Oh my gosh, I've, you know, and we did. So in 20, in the spring of 20, when that um, you know, when everything kind of just shut down all of a sudden and they were doing virtual schooling, um, uh, my daughter, uh, came to my office and <laughs> I had a desk and a space there. And so she did her virtual schooling there. Um, and my son was at home. We don't, you know, the same, all of a sudden we're like, Oh my gosh. And you know, what are we doing? Yeah. And so yeah. we really weren't kind of prepared, like, Oh, we're going to do this. How are we going to do this? And I had a spare desk in my office. Like, well, how about one of the kids go here and then one at home and then we'll just, uh, make it work that way. And then, um, and it ended up being actually a wonderful thing because my daughter who's w- wonderful and she's very self-directed and she can just go and attack. And she actually had a mm-hmm. great time doing, but then we would do lunch together. And, uh, so she mm-hmm. would have, bring her lunch, I'd bring a lunch. And then we would watch, um, a, uh, a science, uh, this channel on YouTube of this science guy, um, I think Mark Roper or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, this great guy. And so we would watch and learn about, you know, why does, you know, why is the sky blue instead of pink or, you know, I, all of this fun yeah. stuff. And so it was great um, doing that with my daughter. We just had a, a, a kind of a blast at, at that. And it's funny. We actually, she was just telling, we were just talking about that just even the other day. I'm like, remember we do lunch together. That was so fun. I'm like, wow, great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's us. So we, we actually, a lot of our schooling was integrated. So, you know, you figure I've got four kids. And so the, the oh, ages, yeah, the grade yeah, levels yeah. are all over the place. So we did some things together and we separated, but the beauty of ha- having the ability to homeschool the way that I did is it was structured in such a way that by, depending on when we started by one o'clock, everybody was done with school. Oh, Nice. And they had all I'd li- day. I like your school. They want. Yeah. So it was great. Sometimes, depending on what we were learning, there was homework involved. But for the most part, their time became their own, which was really great because it allowed me to observe what they were doing, figure out what their passions were. So I think my oldest son is the perfect example of how it can work really well because he would finish with school and then he would go play the guitar. Mm. And I'm he played the guitar from the time school was done until he went to bed. And he is an amazing guitarist because wow. of that. Yeah. And Howard is playing the guitar. So 
I mean, I think that's like, yay, that that's a good example of how it, how it can work really well. Yeah, that's a good win. All right. So let's flash forward a little bit. Uh, yes. As I mentioned, you and I, I think first cross paths at Chuck's Fine Wines, which is a great uh, establishment. I'm not even sure how old Chuck's is. Exactly. Legendary, honey. 78 years of beverage destination here in Chagrin Valley. Oh my gosh. Uh, so Chuck's has been an institution here in yes. Chagrin Falls. Um, so how did you get there? How did you land at Chuck's? So I, okay, my, my soulmate is Kurt Ebel. And he has been the caretaker of Chuck's for the past 26 years. All right. And when we first got together, um, I think he probably came home complaining about something or another. And it was a consistent complaint. And usually it had to do with um, managing people, not the business. So he is a brilliant businessman. Amazing. But people skills, not so much. And so <laughs> I, on the other hand, at that time, fitness was my full-time profession. And I was managing all of the valleys here in Northeast Ohio and Akron. Wow. So that means I had 100 instructors who reported to me. I managed them, their training. So I, I love people. So I'm like, let me come on board and kind of help you. So it took me a while to get him to actually do that. But I figured if I don't do this, I'm going to have to hear this for the rest of my life. And I don't <laughs> want to hear this, right? So there is some self-preservation going on there as well. Yeah, I got it. I got it. Selfish motives, right? So I came on board and I loved it. And so I, I was part-time initially. And then I said, you know, I really want to do this. So I'm going to quit, you know, my fitness and I'm going to do this full-time which really leads into my B&I story. So I won't tell it until you're ready, but um, I will tell you, Chuck's, there is no place like Chuck's, yeah. right? You've been there. Oh, I love Chuck's. It is amazing. It has its own sort of personality, I guess. People come there and immediately they, they feel at home. They want to hang out. We have to often kick people out. Yeah. You know, they want to hang out. And, you know, when we do our beer tastings or our wine tastings, it's a big thing. I mean, it's just really great relationship building, a great place. And I think that's one of the things that we did. You, I think you right, might've right. been for a relationship building event with, with some of your people. And I don't know, there's something about that place. It is magical. Yeah. Amazing. I'm so happy that I work there. Yeah. It's been great. Absolutely wonderful. Well, there's so many great things that you can provide there. And I, I think, um, you catched it as kind of relationship building. And I think that really is. There are so many instances that I just think about Chuck's where we've utilized Chuck's uh, in different ways. Obviously we go and we buy a bottle of wine and, and enjoy that and go grab some unique beers. Um, but I'll give you just for my own perspective on how we've, use Chuck and I'll get to the point. My point is, um, 
So I had a friend, we moved here from Chicago. We had a friend uh, of mine came uh, to visit uh, early on and um, I hooked up with, uh, I don't think he's there at Chuck's right now, Mike, uh, the beer oh. swami. And we're like, hey, and he's like, hey, I come in and I'll do a private kind of tasting with you guys and tour you around. I'm like, how fabulous. And we went to the back of the cooler. I mean, it was like a great experience, right? So my buddy from yeah. Chicago and I, we did that. And then we walked uh, home and with a, uh, a nice uh, basket of uh, bevies to enjoy the rest of the day. Um, so I've done Chuck's for that reason. Uh, I'm a member of the JCs, And after we do the tree lighting um, or do the lights, we hang the lights like a few weeks right before Thanksgiving. But we always like to send on chucks and buy some beers and grab some cheese and crackers and, you know, just hang out there at chucks, even though that's not really, it's not a bar by any means. Um, but right. it's like, Hey, we can just kind of hang out there. And then, like you said, we, I've had uh, different uh, groups where we've come and done a wine tasting where you've done been, been the wine educator and kind of toured us mm -hmm. around wines. So chucks in my mind is well beyond just some retail uh, wine and beer store, you really are like a gathering place. And that's kind of what I wanted to get to. I think you're a gathering place in the community. And I'm, I'm curious. So you've been there for a number of years, but has it always been that way? Or have you migrated it into that kind of personality? I think it was, I think it's always been that way since I've been there. So when I'm, I first came on board, Mike, the Swami of Suds, was still there and he was he was our beer guy and actually it was his group who sold it to kurt okay so he stayed on afterwards and he kind of was our beer guy the swami of suds and he's yeah. responsible for so if you've ever been in chucks and you see all of the relics hanging around mike is responsible for all oh, that's that. mike stuff okay is so the, they're the ones who put that window in the back so that you can look out the window and see the falls. Um, and I think, so since Mike's group had it and Mike was there because Mike is the epitome of post extraordinaire, right? Yeah. So I think he was the one who started the beer tastings and that, that whole let's hang out at Chuck's vibe. I think that started with Mike. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know. So listeners, if you're cruising through Chagrin Falls, Ohio, and you've got to swing by Chuck's and just hang out because uh, you could, I don't know, you could probably hang out for a couple of hours and just keep finding and discovering things between the great selection of wines and the very unique kind of beers that you uh, bring into the shop as well. So plus some nice little accoutrements, little food uh, kinds of things that you guys do. Yeah. So very fun. Um, yeah. All right. So you mentioned BNI. Let's tap into BNI. So I, I loved BNI. Um, I've been a member for years. I don't know. I, I don't even remember exactly when I've joined. Uh, 16, maybe 2016. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something like that. Um, how long have you been involved with BNI and what is this role that you do with BNI? Yeah, so I, I've been a member for 10 years. And when I joined BNI, I was still doing my fitness. And when I decided to change roles, 
I I was devastated because I lo- at that point I loved BNI and I couldn't even imagine my life without it. And I realized that I could actually stay in BNI if I just resubmitted an application under a different category. So I chose to focus on gift baskets because, as you said, we we do wine well, we do beer well. The one thing most people didn't know is that we do corporate gift baskets. So I thought, let me just, well, and that was also my way to show Kurt that this is actually a worthwhile investment, right? So I changed my uh, category to corporate gift baskets. And immediately that year, that first year, we saw about a 15 to 25% increase in our gift basket business. Nice. And from there, it's just been absolutely amazing. Um, after you've been in BNI for a while, I think you either get it or you don't. And so I got it. Obviously, you got it. I loved I love the core values. I love that it's really about building relationships and getting to know, like, and trust people. And so I had the opportunity to become an ambassador, which meant I just traveled around and kind of helped chapters do better, be better, get better connections, find members. And then I was asked to become the market development manager. That's just a fancy way of saying that I help people either find openings in chapters, because if your listeners are not familiar, each chapter has one category per profession. So let's say I'm a realtor and I want to join a BNI. Good luck with that. You're not gonna you're not gonna find that category open. And if that's the case, then you're you're gonna either decide to give up or start a new chapter. And if you're gonna start a new chapter, that's where I come in. So I help people who've been locked out of categories find or start new chapters. Love it. It's great. Wow. Uh, there's so many things that you are involved with and, uh, you know, I'm the epitome. I am the epitome of the opposite of niching. I mean, I am like all over the place. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I love it though, because, you know, usually, and uh, we have guests of all different kinds and always probably the one thing that does go through their vein is entrepreneurship. And so clearly some of the stuff that you're, that you do or that you have been involved with clearly has those entrepreneurship roots. And one we haven't even touched on either is uh, I understand as well. You, you had a, and maybe you still have it, the fitness center. Do you still have yo fitness? I still do yo fitness, but now I only teach one class. So when I, um, so Bally's, if you remember the history of Bally's, after bankruptcy, they finally went under. And when I saw the writing on the wall, I decided to start my own fitness company, which is kind of how I got thrown into B&I. So I don't have a, a location, but I've always been either personal training in people's homes or teaching classes in various different facilities. So now I just teach, currently I'm teaching independently at the um, town hall in Chagrin Falls. I teach Zumba. And then I also teach a Zumba class at Chagrin Yoga. So I'm still doing it. And if you really, really, really needed a personal trainer and you couldn't find anyone else to do it, I would certainly do it. But I, I don't do any personal training anymore, but I still kind of dabble in it you know, a little here and there. <laughs> that's fine. You know, that's kind of fun actually, because then, um, 
you know, if you don't have a location, you don't have the overhead and all of the headaches that go along yeah. with that. So it gives you a little yeah. more uh, freedom to, uh, to experiment and move around, I think. Um, but that's terrific. So I mentioned that because I do want to be sure to get across that you really do have this entrepreneur spirit and whether it's operating mm-hmm. within your own business or helping to engage and support other businesses. And I think about BNI, I think that's so much of what BNI is. It helps support and generate um, opportunity for businesses to grow. But as well in the organization that you're involved with, Win Cleveland, I think is a mm-hmm. terrific organization. I've met so many wonderful uh, ladies coming out of Win or that are associated with Win, um, mm-hmm. And I think that's a great group. Can you just kind of open up and share a little bit about what Win is, uh, what do you do there, and, and um, uh, maybe kind of the growth of Win in the mm-hmm. area nationally even? So I think probably there is um, an underlying thread through all of what I do. So I say I'm not niche, but if you really think about it, I actually am because I'm about helping people connect and build relationships. So if if you look at everything I'm involved in from B&I to Chuck's to Wynn Cleveland, it is about connecting people and then helping build relationships so that they can grow their business or they can expand their business. So WIN Cleveland stands for Women in Networking Cleveland. We're celebrating 25 years. It was started by a local woman, Barbara Baxter, who wanted to, at that time, provide women professionals an opportunity where they felt welcome and comfortable to engage in all the stuff that the good old boys were doing at their networking events. And it has been around and doing that for 25 years. What's cool about WIN is unlike most other women's organizations, we do a combination of things. So we do networking. And basically we have three focuses, networking, learning, and then thriving. So the networking is our monthly events. We have two of them that are networking based, but we also do some training and education, which is we're very thankful that you were involved in that part of it. So you also get that learning element. But the Thrive part is the one that excited me the most. And that's why I joined WIN is because we do choose a women-focused local charity and we collect items for them. And I realized that I could not, I did not have the time based on everything that I do. I didn't have the time to go volunteer at a women's shelter or go volunteer at a women's center but by my involvement, through my involvement of when I could be a part of that because collectively we can do so much. So we focus on local women. So we call ourselves local women, helping local women network, learn and thrive. So I joined about, oh gosh, maybe it's been six or seven years ago. Currently I'm the president um, and this is my second term. And what I've found is how amazing it is when women get together, the things that we can accomplish, amazing, absolutely amazing. And so we've been able to do some really wonderful things. We provide scholarships for women business majors at Ursuline College. And Ursuline is the only college that really focuses on the education of women. So that's why we chose it. And 
we've been providing scholarships for the past three years, going into four years now. So I love that. And then I love that we we do find a charity, a 5013C that is not already being supported. And so for that year, we just take them on and we spend a whole year just helping them in whatever way we can with, with items that they need. So it's been a highlight of, of uh, my time networking. I get to network. So I get to do all those things that I love to do, right? I get to network, right? I get to help people connect. And I have that feel-good element of working with a nonprofit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're so smooth at it, I think. Or, I say oh, smooth, you. but I, that sounds a little murky. But you're so natural, I'll say it that way, um, on connecting and talking and, and making people, I think, feel comfortable. So I think it really is your kind of niche, if you would, about connecting people and and, and connecting with Ew. people, I think is, is a you. real gift. I, I like that. I- I'll take that smooth thing, <laughs> right? When you could be smooth, That's I'm right. Smooth right? So I, you know, it's funny because I, I joke whenever I do like a wine event and I'm introducing myself as a sommelier and I just joke about how basically what I get do, what I get to do is I get paid to talk and drink. So who wouldn't want that job? Yeah, right. And so Right. It comes naturally for me. And then I think I am that girl. So if there's a sale at TJ Maxx, I'm calling all my friends. See, to me, that's <laughs> networking. You, yes. girl, you better get to TJ Maxx. There's a sale. <laughs> right. So it's so easy for me to say, hey, you need help with your digital marketing. You need to talk to Randy. Right. It just it's a natural thing for me. So I I, I will receive that compliment. <laughs> yeah, good, good. <laughs> Thank you. So smooth. There you go. Um, and so <laughs> that's me- the way you say it. The way you say it is like very smooth. Oh, very smooth. Yeah. Uh, so let me connect with this because of, of what you do and what you're so natural at doing, connecting with people and connecting people. You know, we've just come through, um, you know, the last two years have been incredibly difficult and people connecting or have been forced to connect uh, in so many different ways you know, some good and uh, some uncomfortable ways. How, Mm -hmm. I'm curious, how did you, I guess, either pivot, if you want to use that word, or how did you adjust maybe with what you do and with what you love to do, connecting with people through the pandemic? Um, Mm -hmm. Because, you know, BNI as an example, I know BNI, we didn't meet face-to-face for like over a year. We just met via Zoom or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know what it was like exactly with Chuck's. Um, I think we could only come in and do a curbside uh, for a period of time, if I recall. Um, Yeah, for a short period of time. Yeah. uh, I would say with my networking in general and my connecting with people, Zoom was my best friend, honey. And so when went virtual, for a year, B and I went totally virtual for a year, um, and I was okay with that. I love in person, but after a while, you kind of get used to just rolling out of your bed and you know going to your computer. You don't have any commute time, and so that I mean, I was fine with it. Everybody was Zoom, you know, um, Zoom fatigue. Not me because I really <laughs> enjoy connecting with people, and so even though it's on Zoom, I still get that connection with people. I still kind of get their vibe. And so I I wasn't bothered by that. Now with Chuck's, 
we were amazed at um, how many people didn't know that we always provided curbside pickup and we always delivered. So we realized, okay, we got to work on our marketing because how come people don't already know that? So people would say as if it were an inconvenience, oh, you know, is it possible for you to deliver? And we're like, yes, we, we've always delivered. We've been doing it for years. (laughs) Now, it's, it was crazy. So 2020 was crazy. I spent a lot of time praying for our customers' livers because that phone <laughs> was ringing off the hook. It was crazy. And we were, you know, we were limited to curbside because we were deemed essential. And then as we opened up, we couldn't go back to our wine tastings because people just were not comfortable with that. Right, and right. so we, we had to figure out how to navigate that. I did some virtual tastings and I've done some for fundraisers and I'm doing yeah. another one um, for school fundraisers. Uh, we've done that and, and it's okay, but it, it's nothing like, you know, when you right. get into yeah. shops, yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. So we're excited that we're able to do that again, but we kind of just roll with the punches, you know, you got to do what you got to do, right? That's right. what makes a small business succeed. Yeah. That's what makes entrepreneurs successful, right? You have to figure out how to roll with the punches or, you know, slide into the bases if you like with our, with our baseball thing here. And you've got to be able to just do whatever it is you need to do to get it done. And so we were, we were fortunately able to do that with everything that I've been involved with. We were able to just, you know, slide into the bases. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I know you did the virtual wine tasting. I know you, uh, we had one as an event with the chamber. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I don't think I knew it was, I didn't attend that one for whatever reason, but I would have loved that. But so the virtual, so are you able, or do you have plans to open back up to do the wine tasting, you know, in, in, person uh oh we're in person we're doing it now okay good good we started back uh last march and it was uh it was like cheers you know because (laughs) we know people we know their names we know what they'd like to drink right and so it was like people would walk in it's like randy hey you know doing and yes we're doing the tasting and so every saturday from three to five there is a tasting at chuck's and it's, it's a group of people who they've known each other all the time that we've been doing wine tasting. So we have regulars and then we have tourists come in sure. and the tourists who come in are just made to feel welcome by the regulars. They're like, oh, come here, sit here, do this. And it's just a big, happy family reunion every Saturday oh, <laughs> from three fun. to five. <laughs> I, for, I don't know why, but I didn't realize that you did it every Saturday from three to five. I've got to, yeah. I got to tap into that. I got to go in and yeah. Uh, my, the so last, the last show that I recorded that's uh, airing right now, uh, the guest and I, we sat around and, um, we were drinking bourbon together here while we mm. were recording and we should have had a, we, we should have coordinated and had a wine that we could have uh, corked out here and, and tasted together. Yeah. That would have been good. Or, or beer. Or beer. So yes. Beer tastings too. So I am. So that's one of the things about being a sommelier is you've got to know beer. You've got to know wine. My spirits I'm still working on. I've never really been a big spirits girl. So I would love to um, pick your brain and, and, hear your taste buds opinions of oh, some yeah. bourbon 
that I should be tasting. Oh yeah, believe me, get me going <laughs> on bourbons. I could. Uh, I have a group of uh, buds that we uh, get together like every other week and and enjoy different bourbons together. It's always oh, awesome. Fun. Yes, yes, yes. So, all right, uh, Yolanda, do you like baseball? Mm, interestingly <laughs> enough, I I like I like baseball. Okay, I don't know much about the players. I mean, I know the pitcher. Blah blah blah. I used to play softball. Right. I was oh, there short you go. I don't know. I got button fatigue going on here. It's time for the seventh inning stretch, though. That's what we're going to do. Uh, so here we are, Yolanda. So my research team has done a nice job. So here's the question that we're going to come at you in the in the the niche uh, that I think you'll be comfortable with: wine and baseball. All right. So here we go. Okay. Get your get your wine here. You know you're you're at a baseball game and you got the beer guys like beer here, beer. Here. We're gonna do hey wine here, right here. So uh, I don't know if you know this or not, but um, just over the last I don't know maybe two or three years, MLB has really kind of embraced wine and they've uh, have started kind of producing their own label. As a matter of fact, back in uh, 2020, they came into an agreement with um, Woodbridge and Robert Mondavi wines to have a very specific uh, uh, branding and Woodbridge became the wines, uh, the official wine of MLB. And then all of these teams, as a way, what a great way to create some additional revenue, right? Um, yes. Kind of came out with their own label, um, a, a version of a Woodbridge wine. So you've got Philadelphia has their 2012 Central Coast proprietary red wine. The Cubs have got some Central Coast red. The Yankees have got a nice Cabernet. So all kinds of fun stuff. So, and here's a very interesting story. So you have this guy, uh, uh, Jack Peterson. Jack Peterson, baseball player, uh, one of just like eight other players who um, ever to win back-to-back World Series with two different teams. All right. So he played for the Atlanta Braves. So in 2021, he won the World Series with the Atlanta Braves. Um, and uh, I don't know who he played with <laughs> the year before, actually. My researcher didn't write that one down. Um, so, uh, but to celebrate the Braves World Series, he went out on the field and with a glass of wine and the fans loved it. Right. Uh, so my question for you and your experience, what wine would Yolanda drink if you had just won the World Series? Oh, that's easy. So here I'm like, what is this magical web that you're weaving for me? Stuck in? <laughs> that's easy. I'll get there eventually. I love champagne. I love, uh, love, love champagne. In fact, um, we've experienced quite a shortage of all of the champagne that mainstream drinkers drink. So we had a, a difficult time getting Dom Perignon. Yeah. We had a very difficult time getting Veuve Clicquot. And yes, it is Veuve Clicquot, not Veuve. Okay. And it gave us the opportunity to actually recommend the champagne that we drink because we don't drink that. So my favorite champagne and the one that I would be enjoying when I won the World Series would be 
Bilicar Salmon, okay. which is a beautiful rosé champagne, the best ever. I mean, I've tasted a lot. It's the absolute best. Of course, right now we can't get it. Oh. <laughs> I was just going to ask you, I have a friend of mine that lives in Chicago and she loves champagne. I'm like, oh, we should swing by and grab a bottle and send it off to her. You might. And uh, now I'm, you know, we'll see. So there has been a serious supply chain issue with champagne right. and, and we couldn't get Dom Perignon and we couldn't get Bob Coco. We could get Bill Cart Salmon and now we can get Bob Coco and we can get Dom Perignon and we cannot get <laughs> Bill Cart Salmon, but it's absolutely my favorite champagne. All right. Well, uh, we'll, we'll keep pressing to see if we can't get some of that. Here's another question though for you in regards to this whole kind of line. Any idea what drink uh, Jack Peterson, what the wine was that he was drinking? Probably not, but that's fine. I'll throw this one out for you. Maybe you've heard of it, though. The 2012 Bryant Family Vineyard Proprietary Red Patina. Ooh, he has excellent taste. Do you know that one? I've, I, I've the, yes, yeah. that is kick ass wine. Well, bravo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I don't know. Earlier this morning I was reviewing the notes that the researcher said, I'm like, wow, what is that wine? I went, so I went online to go check it out. I'm like, wow, that's kind of nice. Ooh, that's a little expensive. <laughs> I was going to ask you, did you see that price on it? <laughs> yes, I did. Like, I don't think I'm walking out with that one. It's like 550 no joke. Yeah, bucks but or more. Wine. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. A wine spectator score of 94, by the way. So, yeah. so there we go. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, you didn't do too bad there. You were great. Oh, yay. Yes. All right. Well, let's get back into it. Play ball. So you mentioned a term, and I want to hit you up with this a little bit back kind of along this wine conversation. So are you a true sommelier? Have you had the whole training? You're certified? So here's the thing. What most people don't realize is um, being in the court of master sommeliers is a process. So you start off as an entry-level sommelier, and then you go through this process that leads you to what's called master sommelier. So no, I am on the court of sommeliers, but I am not a master sommelier. That is uh, within my reach, but not something that I'm actually devoting a whole bunch of time to. However, um, we do have a great relationship with Larry O'Brien who lives here in Brexville and he is a master sommelier. Ah. And so we host a tasting group. So there are several of us who are being mentored by him and he's amazing. Mm. Absolutely amazing. So if you ever see his name on any wine event, wine dinner, Larry O'Brien, you need to go check it out. He's amazing. In fact, we did a wine dinner at Walden with him um, last year. We're going to be doing some more again. So he's amazing. Really? Yeah. That sounds fun. I, l I would love to do that even. So I'm not, I, uh, I don't know. Uh, several years ago, I watched a, um, a show. I don't know what channel it was on food or PBS or something. I don't know, but it was about a group of people. Um, cause there were men and women in this group that were trying for essentially the testing for the master mm -hmm. sommelier. And they were, I don't know. It was like a long process, obviously the, for their studying and being able to do it, but the test, it was like over a, 
period of time. It was like a week, maybe. I don't know how long it was, but they went and they were at this location and going through all of this stuff. I was shocked at what they had to know and be able to taste, not just taste and the discernment in their taste, but the knowledge of wine, where these things were, the grape and the geographic uh, qualities. And I'm like, oh my Crazy. gosh. <laughs> it's crazy. Yes. If you've ever seen, uh, so there are a couple different documentaries. Psalm was one of them. I think there are several different. I think Psalms. that's the one that I've watched. Yes. And if you saw the first one, oh, Dylan Proctor is amazing. And he um, was having some challenges during that whole process. It is by far the most strenuous thing that any human being would ever put themselves through. In fact, when we go and we test at each level, we always say, I don't know why we torture ourselves like this, but we absolutely love it. (laughs) So tell me, how did you, so you're at a, you said a court of sommelier. So what, I didn't realize there were different degrees. So yeah, so So entry level. Okay. And next would be certified. So that's my next step up. Um, I already failed that exam. So I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah. And then advanced. All right. I'm sommelier. And when you're at the advanced level, you have to actually be invited oh. to for the master song exam. I, so I just can't raise my hand and say, Hey, I'm, I'm ready. No, you cannot. And you have to be recommended by several different sommeliers who are already masters. Yeah. Mm. So well, good for you because I'm. You've gone far beyond anything that I could do. I'm certain of. Um, well, well, let's move forward into one of your other passions, which is running your own podcast, Five Easy Things, the podcast. So, tell us about that. So it's it's funny. I real I'm I've always been an auditory person, right? So um, I love listening to books. Right. And when I started working at Chuck's, I lived in Lorain, Ohio. It was a 60 minute commute one way. So back then I just slipped my cassettes and then CDs in and listened to, you know, a book or whatever. So when podcasting became more popular, that was like a no brainer. Right. So I listened to podcasts because I am an information junkie. I I mean, it's a problem, Randy. I'm telling you, like I have probably subscribed to, I don't know how many different newsletters, e-newsletters, right? So much so that I'm like, okay, I need to get rid of some of these. So then I, you know, unsubscribe. Right. And then by the end of the week, I've resubscribed to some <laughs> other ones, right? Because there's just information that I don't want to miss. I got FOMO right. when it comes to information, right? So most of my podcast listening is informational. So like your podcast where you get to hear people talk about their passions, share their inside secrets to running a business or being an entrepreneur. That's what I love. Well, thank you for listening. Yes. What I found, unlike yours, which gives a little bit of both, right? You get a little bit of story about the person and you get a little bit of information. It's a nice combination. But often what I would find is I'm listening to this podcast and it's all about, let's say it's all about marketing, right? So halfway in, we haven't talked about marketing at all. And I'm waiting, right? Because that's what I'm here to hear about Mm -hmm. is the marketing. So 15, 20 minutes in, now we got to do, you know, the sponsor thing, right? And then we finally get to the little bit of information that the guest is going to share. And then there's all this other 
And, you know, I'd be listening and I'd be so frustrated. I'm like, you know what? Anybody got time for this? Just tell me what I want to know <laughs> <laughs> right now. So meanwhile, I kept thinking, I want to do a podcast. So um, a friend of mine opened up a podcast studio in Tremont called Golden Ox Studios. And so when he was starting that process, he said, you know, I really think you'd be great. I'm like, yeah, but I don't know what I would talk about. And I don't want to do a drama and I don't want to do all this stuff. He's like, talk about whatever you want. And then my little brain, business brain is like, yeah, but that's not niche if I just talk about whatever I want. And he's like, just talk about whatever you want. And I'm like, okay, I love wine. I love beer. I love business. I love marketing. That's a lot of stuff. And then it occurred to me when I did an event, a women's event here in Aurora, we called it five easy things. And we had five different experts come and share. And I thought, you know what? That's great. That's perfect. I'm going to so I decided to, to do that with my podcast. So it's five easy things to podcast. Guests come on, they share five tips or tricks that will help you as a business owner, help you as a parent, as a wine taster, whatever it is. There's so many topics. But the one thing in common is everybody shares five tips or five hacks. Mm. And it's about 15 minutes and then you're done. Mm. I love it. I'm my favorite. I'm my most favorite fan. <laughs> I listen to my podcast all the time. Oh, that's great. I love it. I well, love you've it. been at it for a while. I mean, you started back in December of 19. You have yeah. 67 episodes, which is, yeah. you know, phenomenal because I know how hard it is to continually to churn out a podcast. Uh, and so that, that really it's is easy a, for a, me. A it's harder for you. It's easy for me. Mm. Oh, it take I, a break. So I, I, hard. I, 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 uh, I guess so 2020 was crazy, right? Mm. It didn't really hit me until 2021. And I took a little hiatus because it was just so, there was so many, 2021 was a weird year. Don't you think it oh, was yeah. like yeah, yeah. trying to get back into the groove? What is the groove? What right. And so groove? with all the things that I have going on, I'm like, I can't do another damn thing. So I put that on hold for a minute. And then I, I finally said, all right, in uh, 2022, I'm going to get back into it. I had already recorded about 18 episodes that had never been released. Mm. So I was able to, all right, I'm going to get on this consistency thing. Because consistency, I think that's the one thing right. in business. That's the thread with everything. If yeah. you want to be successful, you have to be consistent. If it's working out, running a business, whatever it is, marketing especially, right? right. You've got to be consistent. And so I'm like, I'm going to do this and I'm going to be consistent. So having that little bit of cushion has helped me to really be consistent. But honestly, Brandy, all I do is show up at the studio, sit in front of that microphone and let people shine. And what a lot of people don't know is I usually don't know what the guests are going to share because I want it to be an authentic exchange, kind of like what we have right now. I had right. no idea what you were going to talk about. But it makes it so much more engaging and authentic that way. So I never know what they're going to say. So my response is my authentic response. And I listen to it sometimes and I have to laugh myself because I'm like, <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> um, yeah. 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 No, I, I think it's a much uh, more natural, um, authentic conversation. Yeah. And I, I almost always can tell when the guests has been coached and they kind of know because 
I don't know. It just seems so fake, right? Yeah. It just, so I love this. I love um, that I had. So, okay, y'all, Randy had no idea what's going to come out of my mouth. <laughs> I'm being a really good girl. No, I, I just love it. I think it's much more natural, much more. Um, listeners can relate a lot better, right? And for me, I'm not the star of my podcast, right? I am just there facilitating. Right. So it's really an opportunity for me to allow my guests to shine. So they get to pick the five things that they want to talk about. And then I get to respond. And then we get that little exchange that is just enough to fit into that short but sweet, you know, I got what I need thing to get on with my day and, and I'm, I'm good to go. So yeah, yeah. I love it though. Don't you love podcasting? I, I do. I, I find it just I, I would do it much more frequent, but it is hard work. It takes time. Uh, you know, the number yeah. of hours to do a show, uh, the way that we do it anyway is, you know, it just takes uh, a number of man hours. And so, yeah, I, I would yeah. kick them out more frequently. But again, it's all around time. I love your show because you're so eclectic in it. I mean, your first show was about wine pairing during the holiday season, but then you've done stuff about, um, how to launch a product, start businesses, uh, five things to keep your mind about voiceover acting. Even I think your last one was five kitchen tools you couldn't cook or live without. I mean, you run mm-hmm. the gambit, you know, you run the bases on uh, subjects in your <laughs> podcast. I, I think that's great. I, you know, I think it keeps people coming back. Like, what is that Yolanda going to talk about? <laughs> it's crazy, isn't it? I do love it, but that's because I have so many interests and I love information, right? I love learning new things and it's just an easy, quick, way to learn new stuff. So yeah, yeah. I, I love it. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm very, very similar to that. I love learning. I love just digging in. I'm similar in as I'd spend, I have a, a period of time in my day that I just kind of carve out like 30 to 45 minutes of just where I can read and read yeah. newspapers, read all of these newsletters I get and, you know, and learn stuff. And just, if I don't, I, there's something that's missing. So I, I have to feed that inquisitive, uh, nature that I have. So, um, so what do you see around the corner for Yolanda? That's a great question. So I know that I'm spending, I have decided to carve out that time. Like you were saying, you really do have to carve out time to be really consistent with my podcasting. So that I see as, as remaining the same I've got one more year as president of Win Cleveland, and then I don't know what is after that, but I, I always want to be a part of helping women, especially business professionals, um, do whatever it is they want in terms of find their voice, uh, help them with their business, or even all of my philanthropic interests. So I don't know where that will take me, but I'm, I'm excited about that. Um, Chucks is Chucks, and I can't even imagine my life without Chucks. So I'll always be involved in that. Although I am only there three days a week now because I, we have a great staff, amazing staff. And so I don't have to be there and I can pursue my other interests. Mm. Um, will I pursue my master sommelier thing? I don't know. <laughs> That's like on the bottom of it. <laughs> 
But, but I it's will so fun practicing, though, right? <laughs> I love it. Love it. I will, And that's what I was going to say. I will always be a student of wine, always be a student of beer. I'm just geeky that way, right? Yeah. So I am that person who tastes a beer and I'm like, what is that hops? How is it? Right. You know, then I got to know where is this hops grown and where did it come from? And right, right. <laughs> so fun. Me. Well, keep, keep, uh, keep pushing, <laughs> I guess, right? Keep pushing on. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So Yolanda, here we are. We're at the bottom of the ninth. Uh, oh, bottom of the ninth. T- time goes so fast, right? Um, so this is where I always ask our guests, uh, what advice do you have for rookies in the game? So those starting out in business or maybe those folks who've been in business for a little bit of time already and they're just looking for some additional guidance or some words of wisdom from folks who have been around and and can Mm -hmm. provide some thoughts. Uh, So what would your advice be? So my my two thoughts, um, one, something I preached to my kids, although rarely ever did they have it, do your homework, okay? That's so important. So before you plan on starting a business or if you're wanting to take your business to the next level, do your homework, do the research. And it's so easy because we have the internet, like you were saying earlier. Right. You can just Google or YouTube anything at this point and find out whatever it is you need to know. So do your homework. And then the other part of that is you have to network. You have to have to network and networking is about building relationships and making connections. It is not about DMing people on LinkedIn and trying to sell them stuff. (laughs) That's one of my biggest pet peeves, right? That's not networking and networking is not showing up at an event, talking to all the people that you know, and then throwing a whole bunch of business cards. That's not networking. Learn how to network because those connections can change the trajectory of your business, your success. One, and you know that one really good connection can bring you a referral that can change your business's life. So network, do your homework. Great words of advice. I love, I love the do your homework because you mentioned about like YouTube as an example. I throw that to my kids all the time. They ask me, dad, how do I do this? I'm like, you have got the most incredible resource at your disposal. Mm-hmm. You could go mm-hmm. spend 30 minutes on YouTube and learn how to do anything. I think it is it's amazing. So true. My, my oldest daughter is, uh, she was on her way to a modeling gig. She's gorgeous. And she, she texted me a picture of her on the side of the road, changing her tire. She's like, I looked it up on YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Good for her. And I changed my own tire. I'm like, you go, girl. (laughs) Yes, she learned from mom. Good for her. Man, I love that. That is terrific. All right. Well, listen, Yolanda, thank you for being on the show. Finally getting you roped in. I I cannot wait to have you on my show. And this has been so much fun. So this this is my debut as a podcast guest. Oh, I'm glad that you were the one who popped the cherry. All right. <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad we could be that uh, player there. Uh, very good. All right. Well, listen. And best success to you. I know you've got so many great things going on uh, in your life and things you're involved with. And I just say thank you for all of the things that you are involved with because uh, I know you've got a big impact in our community, and uh, I just really appreciate it as a, a member of that community as well. So, and uh, yeah, keep listening. 
keep keep pumping out the podcast. So, all right, folks, that's the ball game. Thanks for joining us today. And if you liked our show, please tell your friends, subscribe and review, and we'll see you around the ballpark. Running the Bases with Small Businesses is brought to you by 38 Digital Market, a digital marketing agency committed to client growth with lead generation, higher conversions, and increased sales. Connect with us today at 38digitalmarket.com.